Welcome to the Kingdom Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Jamie Dixon. For more great content, visit klcmaine.com. The Lord gave me this passage to, to really dig into, and, and so I want to, I'm going to give four things that I feel like God is saying, but all from this one passage. And uh, on Wednesday night, I had a dream, um, and uh, in the dream, I was, I was asking the Lord about the new year. And in the dream, the Lord gave me a mandate. And the Lord spoke to me in the dream. And he says, Jamie, I want you to do a Jesus march from California to Maine. And I said, in the dream, I said, Lord, what do you mean? And he showed me in the dream, like thousands of people starting out at a beach in California and then walking down a highway and walking to Maine. And I said, Lord, how are we going to do that? And he goes, I'll give you one year to walk from California to Maine. And in the dream, I go, okay. But Lord, won't we get tired? And the Lord spoke to me in the dream, and he says, you're not going to walk from California to Maine. He says, you're going to get state leaders to go from one end of their state to another and pass off a baton. And they're going to walk down the highway and in the dream, I saw like literally hordes of people hijacking highways and traffic stopping and people just walking with banners that said Jesus on them and walking. And, and, and the Lord gave me all this strategy of how we we're going to do it. Now, okay, so this is what we're doing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I, I wake up from this dream. It was really elaborate. And the Lord showed me the dream. And has anybody ever had a dream that's so intense and so real and so detailed and so elaborate that it, when you wake up, you literally have to like redefine reality for a while. It took me until about noon that day to like wake up from the dream. And I wake up from the dream and I come downstairs and I'm like, honey, I had this dream. <sighs> We're supposed to walk from California to Maine. Like, and, and she goes, okay. And I go, she goes, are we going to do that? And I go, I don't know what the point is. He just told me to do it in this dream. And, and she goes, well, if that's your attitude. God's going to give it to somebody else, you know. we got to do this, you know. And, like, the Lord gave me such, like, intense strategy that even she was like, okay, we're going to do this. And it took me about till about noon to go, like, wait a second. I don't think the Lord is asking us to walk on the soles of our feet from California to Maine. But I, I began to go to the Lord, and all week he had me in Joshua chapter 1. And, and I really feel like there is a clear word from the Lord about an assignment and mandate. And I feel like this morning, I want to give four things out of Joshua 1. They're not necessarily just a prophetic word about the year, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a word about posturing ourselves for what he's going to do this year. Is that all right? All right, go with me to Joshua chapter 1. And I, I'm hopefully going to pull what the Lord shared with me out of the dream and share it with you. Unless some of you really want to start the walk. Well, Lord help. I'll go. Let's go. All right. <laughs> All right, Joshua 1, are you there? After uh, the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord came to pass, uh, the servant of the Lord, and it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise and go over the Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. And every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I've given to you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness 
and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites into the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. And no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And I will not leave you nor forsake you, for be strong and of good courage. Uh, For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and courageous that you may be observing to do all according to the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it from the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. For this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I, I wanna, I'm gonna literally just do bullet points. Is that all right? Four, just four things. And number one is this. I feel like right now the Lord wants to make sense of what he was doing in the former season. I feel like God wants to make sense of what the internal work of the past year. I felt like 2022 was a year of internal work. And for some of that, that felt like calamity. And for some people, that felt like deep soul searching. And and even some physical changes were made in your life. There's a lot of transition. But a lot of it had to do with an internal work of recalibrating. And God was recalibrating people. And people were considering their lot in life. And they were considering who they were. And they were considering decisions that they were making. And they were considering the condition of their heart and their life. And God was bringing things to the surface. It was a year of internal work. But I feel like God wants to make sense of the internal work. Because for some people, it just felt like a lot of events and a lot of things. You just kept finding yourself in that season. But I feel like the Lord is saying, no, no, no. I was actually writing a story and I want to make sense of it. And, and I feel like the word over this year, as it's transition year, is um, my servant Moses is dead. And I feel like God wants to kill your Moses. Yo, no, Moses is, is a dude. He's, he's like a rock star. Mo- Moses was, was a significant carrier of a season, but he was an era of leadership that had to die in order for them to step into the promise. And I feel like God wants to kill your Moses because the reason why Moses had to die, and it literally says, my servant Moses is dead, therefore, which means that the nation could not cross into the promised land until Moses had died. And, and the reason why Moses had to die actually comes from number 20, because they came to a land where there was no water. And the people began to get really upset and frustrated with Moses. How many of you guys know Israel was not an easy group of followers for Moses? Right? They were like toddlers for 40 years. And just, just, just like social terrorists, you know, just like waging war on his leadership at all times. And, uh, and, and Moses comes to this land that God tells him to go into and, and, and of the Meribites in Numbers 20, and, and there's no water, and there's no figs, and there's no vines, and they're going, why did you bring us here? And they begin to contend with Moses and Aaron. And Moses gets really frustrated and offended with the people that he's been leading for so long. They like, do you guys not trust me? And he gets frustrated. And God speaks to him and he goes, hey, Moses, I want you to go up to that rock and I want you to speak to the rock and tell water to flow and I'll cause water to flow out. They're gonna witness another miracle. 
And Moses is contending with him and gets frustrated. And instead of commanding the rock to open up and give water, he walks up to and he takes the staff and he strikes the rock in his own strength. And when he strikes the rock, it splits open and water begins to flow out of it. And the Lord speaks to him and says, because you were frustrated, because you did not do what I commanded you to do, it actually says you've lost the vision of my holiness in your eyes. That I could do this in my own strength. Because of that, you will not cross into the promised land. And it was, it was a portion of leadership that was necessary for an era for the nation of Israel, but had to die in order for them to step into what God had for them. And it was that place of offense and frustration that caused such an internal wrestling inside of the leadership of their lives that it had to die in order for them to take a hold of what God had. And I feel like God wants to kill our Moses because I feel like there's places of frustration and there's places of distraction and there's been places that have been prone to stepping into my own strength and my own ability and my own human nature. And it's actually like limited my faith. It's pulled me away from what God has said about my life, the promises made. I've taken my eyes off of what he said and I've put it off of what I need right now. And I feel like God wants to kill that era of my life. Is this making sense to you? I fear a lot of people have struck the rock and not spoken to it because they made decisions out of frustration, discouragement, and offense, and our Moses has to die. And what was required for them to step into a new, uh, into the land of promise? It was not that era of offense and frustration. It was, it was Joshua. And Joshua was the one who believed without seeing. Moses was the one that had to send spies into the land. I know God promised us the promised land, but he sent spies and he still listened to the condition of the world around them, the giants in the land, the fortified walls. He heard all of the threats and it diminished his faith. But Joshua Joshua and Caleb were the ones that said, we didn't have to go in and see anything for us to believe the Lord will perform his word. And he was the era of leadership that was required to go into a season and access what God had promised. God wants to kill Moses, but cause your Joshua to arise. Is this all right? The first thing is I feel like God wants to make sense of this past season because what you don't know is you've been walking a death journey, but it's not been the death of your soul or your joy or your peace. It's been the death of your Moses. God's been killing that thing inside of you that's been so prone to man's agenda, man's thoughts, man's beliefs, offenses and frustrations. God's been killing that thing inside of you so that your Joshua could arise. God wants to make sense of this past season. Second thing I feel like God wants to do is that God wants to no lo- uh, God wants us to no longer be manipulated, controlled by external circumstances. Number one, God wants to make sense of this past season. He wants to kill your Moses. But number two is I feel like God is fortifying the strength and causing Joshua to arise who's not manipulated or controlled by external circumstances. Joshua was the leader of a new era because he was not led by what he saw. He was led by what God said. I feel like in this past season, I feel like many people out of frustration that God was working through, uh, offenses, that God was working through, things coming to the surface, feeling like things were not happening the way that we planned, that God was rearranging people's lives. But I feel like in all of that, I I feel like in our own strength, we struck the rock. 
And when we struck the rock, we began to grasp for solutions that God did not orchestrate or author for our lives. And because of that, we created an environment of chaos where we could never get ahead. We were always running from behind. I felt like there was a spirit of delay on this year where, where all of a sudden, in our own strength, continuing to quarrel over the condition of life and things that were going on, trying to make up for lack, that it literally created a defeatist mentality inside of people, that our decisions were not made from excess joy, vision, and clarity. It was being made from deficit, from lack, from discouragement, from worry, from anxiety, and we were anxiously were grasping at solutions, but all we did was invite chaos and delay. Does that make sense? And I felt like many people found themselves running from behind, waiting for the next ball to drop and wondering what's gonna happen next and feeling like they made no ground and they were running in circles. And I feel like the Lord is saying that this was a year that when Moses dies, Joshua rises, but God was gonna make a people that were not manipulated or controlled by external circumstances. In 2 Timothy 1.6, It says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I feel like the Lord wants us to wage war on distractions, to clarify what God has called you to, and to simplify the source of anxiety and delay in this past season. That's been why there's been so much transition, is because God is simplifying life, and he's simplifying all the things that have brought distraction, worry and concern into your life. And God's been repositioning and reposturing people's lives to come out of delay and to come into a place where you can see clearly. God is waging war on distraction. And and here's my encouragement as we enter into a new year, is that you would actually posture your heart to wage war on distraction. God has a lot for this year. I mean, we're doing a Jesus march. Right? You didn't know that, but we are. But we but God's waging war and distraction. Because I feel like that that days of making a plan and not fulfilling it are over. Having a vision and not stepping into it are over. We're waging war and distraction because the enemy's plot to cause chaos is over. And God's fortifying a people that is not spying out the land, they're believing the word of the Lord. Is that all right? Number three, God wants to give us an aggressive vision. When when God spoke to to, uh, Joshua and said, everywhere your soul will tread its feet, I've given you, the soles of your feet will tread, I've given you that land. I feel like God wants to give us an aggressive vision. Uh, He was granting us permission to take new territory. God's going to make his work visible. I feel like all the work that he's been doing in the secret place of reposturing your life and waging war and distraction and repositioning people, I felt like in the dream, the Lord spoke to me like in that dream and the Lord spoke to me and says, I'm going to make the gospel central in culture again. I feel like we're gonna see it this year. I, and okay, I have to put on my, my prophesying hat. You ready? I'm gonna take a risk. I have to announce when I'm prophesying. Um, I feel like there are going to be moments of this year that the gospel is going to become central in culture. 
I, I feel like even media, I feel conversationally on Twitter, Facebook, there's going to be a resurgence of the fame of Christianity. I even feel like there's going to be a countercultural movement in young people that are actually like throwing off the liberties and actually taking on conservative Christian values and making them famous and excitable. Like it's going to become part of culture. And you go like, that would have to be God. Right, But I feel like that's about to happen because I feel like the gospel is going to become central in culture again. And God is going to give a people an aggressive vision because the work that God's been doing in secret, he's about to make visible. I feel like um, the Lord spoke to me in, in, the, in the dream where I saw hordes of people literally walking down, stopping traffic, hijacking highways and streets, walking from border to border. I felt like the Lord saying it's going to be the most impactful thing in society. And God wants to give us an aggressive vision for a complete takeover of the gospel. We've we've given so much energy to the internal work that God wants to begin to turn our hearts towards an aggressive vision. God is releasing marching orders. It's time to take what's been done and hidden, make it visible and powerful. This is a year of forward progress and growth. If it's not taking ground, it's probably not God. I'm going to say that again. If it's not taking ground, it's probably not God. If your vision has been limited to, um, to bettering the external situations of your life, although I am not against obviously leading our families into greater places of success, but I will say this, is do not limit the vision of your life to the simple measures of a better experience of, of materialism in your life. God wants to release an aggressive gospel vision into your life because it's time to begin a Jesus march through society where you have been stationed, postured, and positioned. God is going to rally and give marching orders to take ground. God is giving an aggressive vision. I'm gonna go over them again. You ready? So I don't want you to miss them. Make sense of this past season, what God's been doing. Wage war on distraction to no longer become manipulated and controlled by external circumstances. God is releasing an aggressive vision. And lastly is Joshua 1.8. He says, And this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God God is restoring a love for the enduring word. I, I saw I, I saw like in this dream and I and I and I heard from the Lord that if you would stay in my word, you'll be safe. There's something about like I've never like obviously theologically I believe this, right? Like I, I believe this. But how many of you guys know that even though you theologically will consistently believe a matter, when God begins to speak a matter, that it carries a new weight, and you begin to say it like, Oh my gosh, did you know the Bible's really important? You go, yeah, crazy, charismatic, yeah, you know. But, but there is something about this, like, reminder 
I, felt, I saw the Lord say, I will, insulate, I, I will insulate my warriors in my word. I, I will actually surround them in my word. And, and I saw almost like, I, I saw like things um, that were like, this was not literal. This is, this is, uh, this is uh, imagery. But almost like sickness will not befall your household if you're in the word. And you could take that literal if you want, but it was more as if there, there are invisible wars being waged against the body of Christ. And if you're not in the word, then you will fall susceptible to deception. Does that make sense? Like it, being in the word, there will be a war against your hope, but if you're, your word, if you're in the enduring word, you will have enduring hope. There will be a war against your joy. But if you're not, if not in the word, you, you will, you will fall, your joy will falter. But if you are in the word, you will have an enduring joy. There will be deception that will come through the lens of offense. But if you are in my word, your heart will be fortified from offense. The, the God is, is, is returning the church to a discipline in the enduring word. Our ability to do all that he's called us to will be directly connected to our ability to hold fast to the enduring word of God. Offense and deception will be a snare to the vulnerable mind, but people will be easily be given away to deception. Their emotions will be caught up in offense if they're not rooted and grounded in the word. All of the advancement and the growth of your life will be connected to your time in the scriptures. This is not like a, now we're starting at 10 minutes a day in the word. 10 chapters a day. Start from Genesis 1 and read to the end of the book of Revelations. God is going to release a new fascination with exploring the word of God and causing your heart to come alive to the living scriptures. Like, like, like wading through the depths of Revelation. That it will actually become the joy of your day will be the time that you have set aside to dig into the mysteries of God. And it will fortify your heart and you will not falter in the seasons that are difficult. Your clarity of mind, resilient emotions, victorious mindsets will be the reward of those anchored in the word. And I, I, even, I even see like, uh, I see people coming into places where they have to make decisions and it will not be like based on a profound prophetic word or a dream at night or a vision in the day, there will be a deep internal knowing because your heart has been so attached to the scriptures that you know the will of God concerning your life and you are fully aware and have no appetite for anything that's not his will for your life. Because the word has created an appetite for his will in your life to be established, rooted, and founded. And there will be a deep internal uh, a deep, deep, deep internal resistance to anything that is not his will for your life. Does this make sense? And I feel like God is posturing us because once again, I feel like the gospel is becoming central in society. I feel like Jesus is personally going to make himself famous. And I feel like we're entering into a season of seeing many, many, many friends, many, many family members, sons and daughters come in to the kingdom I even feel like um, you need to stay ready to receive them. But 
this is going to sound weird, is I don't feel like the church is going to be the primary harvester. I feel like Jesus is going to be the primary harvester. And we're going to be welcoming them into the kingdom. Because God's going to move at such a fast and quickened work that it'll be less about the program, the outreach, and our hard work to get them into the kingdom. And they will become running, seeking, looking to find the gospel. And you are there to be ready to receive them. Does that make sense? So God wants to cause you to make sense of the past season. Cause you to be resilient from distraction. He wants to uh, give you an aggressive vision. And he wants to root you and ground you into the enduring word. Is that all right? That's all I have. Why don't you guys stand with me?